It's that time. Everything and anything basketball, presented by The Outrage. With Cajun Furitani Castleman and host Spencer Byers, this is Polar Opposites. Welcome, everyone, to episode, I think it's 19, but regardless, Polar Opposites. Regular schedule programming after the WNBA Finals Game 4. Win for the Aces over the Liberty. Spencer Byers, Cajun, Theruth, Danny Castle. Thank you for joining us. But as we, as I just said, we will be talking a little bit of a recap of the WNBA Finals we did cover yesterday. We also, we're going to skip on player uh, top 10 positional groups because we're going to leave that to Monday. Because a bunch of stuff has happened. In only three days, Cage, three days, a bunch of stuff's happened. WNBA Finals is now over. The Raptors mm-hmm. have made a comment on their lawsuit. Kevin Porter Jr.'s been traded and allegedly waived. James Harden, we we're going to talk about him last week. Guess what? He's created even more headlines in Philly. Thank God we didn't talk about him last or on Monday. You know, Adam Silver making more headlines, going to try to change stuff about the, about the NBA. This time it's the All-Star game. And just talk about some more preseason action, specifically the newest Washington Wizard, the newest man in the USA nation's capital, Jordan Poole, having some good games in the preseason. And again, limited minutes because, again, these guys aren't playing full 35, 36-minute games. They're only playing usually between 30 and less. And that makes sense because it's preseason. Why are you going all out for preseason? Exactly, because again, Cage, who cares about the preseason? Who cares? Not, not even you or I care about the preseason. But as as we mentioned, the preseason, the preseason. You know, you can't even say you know we're talking about practice. We're talking about we're talking about preseason. Not, not the regular season. Not not the playoffs. We're talking about preseason. Oh, I was more so more or less so imitating what Greg Popovich said to Craig Sager. Oh God. Uh, R.I.P. to the great Craig Sager. All-time great with his uh, questionable choice of suits. Uh, I'll never forget KG. Was it at the All-Star game when KG told him, I know you never wear a suit twice, but I want you to take this, and I want you to burn it. Burn it to the ground. Can't even get the socks. Can't even get the socks, the shoes, everything. Gotta go burn it. It It's such a great bit by the great KG. Um, and again, he he is no longer with us, sadly, because he was a great part of the TNT crew that we still luckily have. But back to, as, we, as I mentioned, WNBA Finals has finished. The Las Vegas Aces lost one game on their road to a second straight WNBA championship, the first team that the two-peat since the Las, Ve- or Los Angeles Sparks, pardon me, back in 01 We'll see if they can continue this run, be the first team to three-peat since the Houston Comets won the first four WNBA championships from 1990. I think it was 1997, 8-9, and then 2000. They won four straight chips, Cage. So we'll see if the Aces can continue their dominant run or if another season of seasoning for the Liberty will be able to change this result. But a 70-69 win for the Aces, and... 
you and I got to take the, the, the people that were not there last night through this. So we knew Chelsea Gray was going to be hurt because of the foot injury. Mm-hmm. So we knew that she wasn't going to be able to play. We then come to find out as we start the broadcast, Kia Stokes is in a walking boot and crutches. She will not be playing the starting center. So you're without your starting point guard and starting center center. Plus you're missing your starting center from the start of the season because Candace Parker injured her foot in July. So now you're short three bodies of all who played significant minutes this year, which means you have to make your sixth player of the year, reigning sixth player of the year in Alicia Clark start and other players that do did not normally get minutes in this playoff run in this game. And might I add that if the game got out of hand for either side, there was no real way of playing in your reserves because with the WNBA rules of only being able to address 10 players, the Aces only had eight players available of the 10 they're allowed. Mm. So they had everything stacked against them in game four in Brooklyn as the Liberty tried to force a game five back in Las Vegas. But the Liberty for some reason, played arguably their worst game of the WNBA Finals in the most pivotal game they've played this season. And it obviously, from the loss, 70-69, did not go their way. Cage, what did you see last night from the Aces that... I guess I'll try to word the question, but how awestruck were you last night with the Las Vegas Aces? Very, very considering how it was looking heading into it. Two starters out for the Aces. They've been playing with a ton of depth issues um, where four members of the Aces um, and I want to go through the names here. Sydney Colson, Kayla George, Kirsten Bell, um, I do want to say, I know it is a, a lot. The, the the last player's coach. She never played a minute, even as they were short of bench. They they didn't play. play. Kirsten Bell only played one minute in the in game four. And and I'm going to take it back to, like, the offseason. De'Erica Hamby gets traded under less than ideal circumstances. Um, Becky Hammond gets suspended a couple of games because of that. Uh, Rakuna Williams was supposed to be a big part of that team, but then was sent away. Um due to domestic violence allegations. Um, um, Candace Parker plays for 18 games, but then gets hurt in July. Doesn't play the rest of the season or postseason. But it, and then Chelsea Gray and Kia Stokes get, get hurt in game three and don't play in a pivotal game four. Down 10 at the end of the first quarter. But after that first quarter, defensively, something clicked for the Aces. Well, something did click for the Aces, but also the Liberty just 
were playing with their heads cut off. They really stalled, Cage. I wouldn't say stalled. Like, they sputtered and went backwards. Um, if that's well, if you're in a standard, if you stall, you're going to go backwards, depending on how flat the road is. Yeah. Um, nah, nah. To me, to me, they went backwards on a flat road. Yeah. Um, they they went it. back. They went backwards back up the hill. They were they were going the wrong direction and up down. They were going down the hill and they started going back up the hill. Yeah. But um, I was amazed. I was amazed given given like the context and the circumstances. But watching that game throughout, eventually, like the way that was going, and the way the aces like kept fighting back and not letting up. I think midway through the third quarter, I knew that like I, I I'm like I won't be surprised if the aces pull this off. Because this has been going on, and they've been letting them the Liberty were letting them hang in for way too long. And if you let a team like that hang in for way too long, they're going to have confidence. Nerves are going to kick in for for the Liberty. And in a situation like that, it favors the team who has who's playing for nothing to lose. Well, they did have something to lose because it would be a winner take all game five, but nobody would have expected the Aces to win given those circumstances that they were in. Um, you and I definitely didn't. I'll be honest. I yeah. I did stick with my prediction before the stream started that I thought the Las Vegas Aces would find a way to win, and they damn did, Cage, might I add. But I do want to say, we have memed each other. We have given each other props. So I'm going to give myself my flowers, Cajun. I took mm-hmm. the goddamn flowers from the flower shop. I said in game one, the Aces... If they win this game with this wide of a scoreline, which they did, and they got got an even greater in game two, this series will not go back to Vegas for game five. The Liberty will not get there. And Cajun, they had a great game three. They gave us a facade in game three that this Liberty team could do it in game four. A healthy Aces team. They could beat the Aces in game four, send them to a game five, and then who knows what happens in a game five. Can Liberty be the first team ever to come back down 0-2 in the WNBA finals and WNBA playoffs as a whole, which is now they are the 0-18th team in the playoffs to go down 0-2 and the 0-8th or 0-9th team, pardon me, in the finals to go down 0-2 and then lose in the series. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you also did call Asia Wilson being finals MVP. I got to give you your flowers on that. Um, she had 24 points, 16 rebounds, a steal, and a block to boot. She was amazing in the game. And, Cage, you said it during the stream, and I know it's it's kind of a dumb thing to say because it's obvious, but sometimes you just got to say the obvious thing, Cage. Your best player needs to be the best player when clutch time happens. Aja Wilson was the best player on the floor for the third and fourth quarter. And she was great before that, but mm-hmm. her shot wasn't falling every time. It was kind of inconsistent. She was at 1.5 for 12 from the floor. She ended above 50%. So, she really heated up in the second half, which is why the Aces came back from down by 10, 9 at the half. They went down 39-30 at the half, and we were able to have a great third quarter, and then able to keep it in the fourth quarter. Mm. 
And on the other end of the, on the other end of that, as I'm looking at the box score here. Oh, God, Brianna Stewart's horrible night. Could not have gone worse for the reigning MVP, I don't think. Honestly, she didn't really have she didn't really have a good finals just in general. Like again, we talked about it with game one and game two. No one did for the Liberty. It never really they you know, other than John Quill Jones, who had a good game one, two, and three, and then she had easily her worst game of the, the WNBA finals in game five in game four. Easily and, her worst game, offensively and defensively, in my opinion. And I'm literally going through this right now. Um and Looking at this postseason, she didn't really shoot the ball well at all. Brianna Stewart, thirty-six under thirty-six percent from the field, under twenty twenty percent from downtown. Now, mind you, she went eighty-seven percent from the free throw line and rebounded the ball great throughout, um, averaging ten point two rebounds per game. But game one, nine for twenty. Game two, eight for 19. Game three, six for 17. Actually, no, that's a lie. Game You're one lying. was game one was eight for 19. Game two was six for 17. Game three, she actually shot 50%, but game four, 10 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, two steals. No not problem. really a bad... Not really a bad stat line until you realize she shot three of seventeen from the field. Three which of it, seventeen. Which, which Cajun, if you're not a math major, which you and I are not, we are broadcasting majors. That is seventeen percent from the floor. Seventeen point six percent from the floor. By God, the yeah. MVP can't do that in a in a in a uh, series clinching game for either side. And. I'm looking at this, and um, and Courtney Vandersloot had 19. She held the team. Easily her best game of the finals. And Can't blame her, even though she missed the, the, the game-winning or, well, yeah, game-winning shot at the end of the game, which, when the ball was never supposed to get that far, if you rewatch that sequence, Stewart caught it, got doubled, fired it to Laney, Laney fired it to Vandersloot, and Vandersloot had to shoot. So I'm not well, sure Vandersloot if Courtney was supposed had- to get that ball. Vandersloot Loki did have a bit of time to like pump fake, step into a mid range, because she did release the ball with like two point five seconds to go. Yeah, but Cage, I think the reality is, and I've seen this a lot at the high school level, and I'm not trying to compare high school obviously to professionals, but still, when the pressure's on, you know, you don't you don't really think it's more just do, and you don't mm-hmm. think about you know clock or. You just catch the ball, and you know there's no time on the clock. You just got to fire. There's no thought of, okay, I, I can take my time. I can, you know, do I, – I can do my thing. It's, okay, I caught the ball. I got to fire because I, I, I can't – if I take a dribble cage and that and that what buzzer goes off, like RJ – RJ uh, – or not RJ Smith, um, JR Smith. Oh, JR. With, with that classic move when he caught the ball and ran the round direction and LeBron's screaming at him, pointing towards the basket, and they go to oh, overtime. Or as I like to call him – I don't know if I should say anything. Never mind. Oh, Cajun rethought it. Well, you know what? Fair enough. Trying to keep trying to keep my editing works to a minimum. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, it 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 just compounded for the Liberty. And again, they did not play well in the series. Do not 
Mm-hmm. Do not let – if anyone's trying to convince you, don't let them lie to you. We and I watched all four games. We streamed all four games. You can go back and watch any one quarter of any uh, of any one game of the WNBA Finals. We have all four quarters. We have all 16 quarters of the WNBA Finals up on the page. You can rewatch any which one, which I think you should, by the way. We, mm-hmm. did, we did do a pretty good job, Cajun, if I don't say so myself. Mm-hmm. But um, you can go back and listen to us. And we – you and I specifically, I guess, because you and I obviously did it. We're rather upset with the Liberty offense. We didn't think it was optimal. I still don't think it was optimal, even in game four, because, again, they strayed away from feeding the post and John Quell Jones and Brianna Stewart. Um, they settled for a lot of bad shots, a lot of easy shots in, in relation to trying to force the post. They were settling for, for, for lazy threes, and they weren't falling. All night weren't falling. And, and you know what? And you know and you know what really upsets me as I'm looking at this, looking at this stat line right now? I know UNESCO didn't shoot the ball bad, and Vandersloot had her best game of the series. And Laney actually shot decent, 6-13 from the field, 15 points. But look at the shot attempts from the starting lineup. Jonquil Jones only had eight shot attempts. Like, your best player throughout three games of that series ends up only getting eight shots. What are we doing? Like, that right there pinpoints why they lost. Went away from what was working. Try to force feed Brianna Stewart, who clearly did not have it in game four. And I thought John Quill Jones just struggled. I'm like, well, when you take eight shots, I'm like, you are going to struggle. If you're not being the if you're not being fed the ball enough, you are going to struggle. And in fairness, she did struggle defensively to a great degree guarding Asia Wilson. But the Liberty and we can unequivocally say that John Quill Jones was the was the Liberty's best player offensively throughout through the series at least throughout the first three games to see that she only took eight shots in the entirety of a must-win game four is unacceptable I can't disagree with you. I think the former MVP should have been more involved, and you and I were screaming it from the rooftops throughout this series that she should have been getting the ball more. Mm-hmm. And obviously, didn't he straight away from that game plan in Game Four, and maybe and surprisingly again, Cage, because who was out for the Aces? Their starting point guard and their starting center, and that's times two if you include Candace Parker from earlier in the season. So without Candace Parker, without Kia Stokes, and I'm not saying Kayla George did bad, by the way. She did fantastic and played so many minutes that you and I did not expect were going to be quality minutes. And she did shoot the ball a little too much, in my opinion. But she had some shots. Like She she did some shots, and she kept, she to a degree, kept the Liberty defense honest. And she had back-to-back threes in that third quarter that really gave the Aces' life. One of probably the three unsung heroes of that game. Sydney Colson being 
the second one, playing with five fouls, but guarding exceptionally well and being a part of that closing lineup for the aces down the stretch. Because I like we've been talking about how terrible the Liberty were offensively. But we can't like, but I want to give the aces their flowers here too. Um Jackie Young. Great bounce back game after after he'd done in game three, six of eleven, and hit some big shots down the stretch. Um, including the lay including a layup that gave the aces the lead for good. Kelsey Plum struggled with her shot, but for the most part had an amazing finals. She yeah, she struggled in game four with her shot, as you mentioned, but she had twenty-nine, a career high in the playoffs in game three in a loss. So she had her moments throughout this series. Kayla George, like you mentioned, played exceptionally well. Um, like, kept the defense honest. And re- and I and I gotta say, she had some really good passes to cutters, especially she to Kelsey Plum. She had we counted two of them. Can't say enough about Asia Wilson. Um, stat line speaks for itself, and the way she dominated on the inside speaks for itself. She had 15 of her 24 in the second half when it mattered the most. But Alicia Clark. Now Alicia Clark offensively was had struggled in this finals. Easily her best performance, ten points, eight rebounds, two assists. But I think what's more underrated was the work she did on Brianna Stewart. Um, she did guarding Brianna Stewart because that was crucial for limiting the reigning MVP to three of seventeen shooting as I would say her primary defender. Because I think Asia Wilson was more or less so guarding Jones. They switched uh, a lot. They, okay. But um, she did for somebody that's undersized compared to the two of them, to Jones and Stewart. She did an not only a an admirable job but a masterful job guarding both of them, and you can't ask for anything more. I couldn't agree more in cage before we move off the WNBA. I will say this predictions for next year. You put it on the dock way too early WNBA predictions. Mine. I'm just going to say it cage. I think the Las Vegas aces barring any big moves, which we will talk about if any big moves are made by any WNBA team coming up into the off season. But if no big moves are made by the, the, the aces in outs, of their lineup, I think, and if Becky Hammond stays, I think it's also a big part of this, I see a third straight ring coming to Nevada. I got to agree with you. I have to agree with you. Barring anything, barring catastrophe, I think we we're going to see something in which only the Houston Comets have done, and that's win more than two straight championships. And I think that'll happen with the Aces. Now I think these two teams are going to meet again in the WNBA Finals, unless something changes. Um, and I think the Liberty will have another year of seasoning, which. I think it'll be a lot closer of an NBA Finals, and it'll be. 
I would hope it'd be more entertaining than what we saw. Um, but the Aces have been together and, and have done like. I gotta give the chance. I gotta give the reigning champs the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. I got aces three feeding. I am obviously, as I said, with you there, in a big way. But now, Cage, we're gonna go to the scalp board. We're gonna get it out. We're gonna get rid of it quickly. Oh, we're gonna get rid of it quickly. All right. So you re- are you ready for this? Yeah, I did not expect it to happen now. I I, I got I got three. That's the goal. I'm trying to confuse you, Kate. Trying to trying to throw up the smoke screens. Okay, I, I got three names. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. N L A E R D. N L A E R D. N L A E R D. Do you need a hint? Yes. He plays for a team in the Eastern Conference. I'm trying to be a little more, you know, I'm not trying to give it away. Because I easily could give it away for you. I don't want to give you the team. I'll give you the colors if you need the colors. Okay, go off with the colors. Orange with some blue. From the Eastern Conference. Orange with some blue from the Eastern Conference. Okay, okay. Oh, come on. I, should, I gave it away, Cage. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. He and the reigning MVP just made the news. And the reigning MVP just made the news. Wait, you're saying yellow. You're saying orange and blue. Yeah. Orange and blue. We have memed him on this show, Cage. Come on. I'm not, I, I'm not going to say you didn't get this one because you should be able to get this one. You're going to kick yourself when you, don't know, you don't, when you don't get this one. I have memed him in the show. Wait a second. Wait what? a second. Come on, Cage. You're right there. Eastern Conference. Come on, baby. Orange and blue. So the only team that I think would be an Eastern Conference team is the Knicks. Oh, wait, wait. They finally get there, ladies and gentlemen. This has been painful. This has been painful for me, too, because I'm like, yo, what is going on? I even spelled it right, Kate. I keep looking at it like, did I spell it wrong? Did I spell it wrong? I spelled it right. N-L-A-E-R. Oh, random. Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Cajun finally got there. My God, it was like pulling teeth. I felt like I was at that dentist all over again. Julius Randle. And why was he in the me- was he in the media with reigning MVP Joel Embiid? Because they're signing with Skechers. Skechers shoes will be gracing the NBA courts this season. Oh man. Or they're uh, Joel Embiid's nearing endorsement with Skechers, I believe. Um. Uh, Randall, who is in this article, d- is signed with Skechers. Yes, he is, as well as Terrence Mann from the Clippers are also in Skechers this season. So Cajun finally got there. By God, Cajun. By God. 
Are you ready for the next one? Now, this name is hyphenated. Okay. His name is hyphenated. So the first name, O-N-N-R-B-O-I-S. Wait, wait, wait. O-N-N-R-B-O-I-S. I hope you're playing this at home. I think that's the fun part, Gage. I keep thinking it's just you and I playing this. I hope people at home are playing this. You know, thinking in their head, like, can I write it down? Like, oh, in the world that they play in the NBA. You know? So you ready for the second name? So hyphen, L-E-R-A. Wait, I got it. How did this come to me earlier before before Julius Randle, oh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. It is my boy, Jeremiah Robertson Earl from Villanova, formerly of the Oklahoma City Thunder. He had himself found a part of the Kevin Porter Jr. trade from the Houston Rockets. So he is now on his way to Houston. As I race to find the actual... Uh, I can't believe I caged and I can't believe I've done I can't believe I've done this. Because I found his name, but I forgot to actually look at the trade. Oh, it was him, Oladipo. It was that's right. It was Victor Oladipo, Jeremiah Robertson, Earl, and I believe a draft pick for two seconds and Kevin Porter Jr. Actually, no, it was just Jeremiah Robertson Earl, Victor Oladipo, who Oladipo is still hurt with a knee injury. Two and the Thunder get two second round picks and Kevin Porter Jr., who they are probably gonna wave. They haven't waved just yet. But they were uh, they were alleged to waive immediately. We haven't seen any report of that yet, so I'm not sure if that ended up being the case. But yes, so that's why Jeremiah Robertson Earl makes the list. Now, Cajun, the last name. Now, this is not a player. This is a coach. I might give it away right there, but I'll just give you that. Don't think of players. Think of coaches. Okay. I think you already did give it away. If I if I'm thinking what who, who this is. Well, let me get rid of this. Okay, I'm really proud of the scrabble. Okay. I'm really proud of the scramble, okay? Can I can I can I can I tell you? All right, go ahead. All right. Well, write down your guess, and none of us will be able to see it, so you're probably lying. But anyway, write down your guess, and then tell me if this is the name. B, T T T, B I S E. Nate Tibbets. It is Nate Tibbets, and why is he in the news, Cajun? Well, because new Phoenix Mercury owner. Medishbia has decided that he will be hiring a new head coach, will not be going with a WNBA coach. He's going to be stealing the Orlando Magic assistant, allegedly. At least they're in talks to get him as to be the new head coach. And if he is stolen from the Magic bench to go to the Phoenix Mercury and be the new um, Mercury head coach, he will be the alleged highest paid coach in all of the WNBA, which then got to make Vegas sweat because let's be honest here, if if Tibbetts gets this big contract, you gotta wonder what Becky Hammond's gonna tell Las Vegas. Like, hey, time for a pay rise. Man, who could blame her? I can't. You still can't believe you, you messed up on Randall. <sighs> I'm bamboozled. You're baffled. I'm baffled, especially when Robinson, Earl, and Tibbetts came so easily. That they did. 
So with that, I just wanted to mention that Nathan Tibbetts will be, well, is alleged to become the new highest Tibbetts head coach. We'll see if that is true. So that is a three for three day, Cajun, on the Scrabble board today. I want to take Randall from you. I really want to take Randall from you, but you ended up getting it. You did get it, which makes me happy. You just kind of brain farted your way through it. And now I'm trying to think of what we, what we want to go to next. Go ahead. Because I was thinking, I'm like, who have we memed? I'm like, I don't know if we memed Randall like that. I mean, you made fun of Randall on this show like that. Yeah, maybe once. I was like, constantly? I'm like, who have I memed constantly aside from Dylan Brooks? Which will now no longer happen on this show, might I add. Yeah, it, it'll no longer happen, Mr. 39. Um, okay, Mr. Bronze Medal. Hey, man. Uh, Mr. I Beat America. Um. Yeah, it was just like who like I've roasted I've memed Randall once because of his playoff his playoff ineptitude. Oh, that's because that's be, that's because he was an he was an All NBA and All Star over Jalen Brunson, which aggravated me to no ends. Um, that's why that that's why Randall was mentioned. Um, but yeah. Uh, the Nate Tibbetts thing. And the Mercury put out a tweet. Oh God, you can't I can't believe you actually read it. Okay, continue. Elite basketball coach, legendary player, girl dad. Really? You're just gonna put girl dad at the end of it there? Like and, and call it a day? And call it a day, like like and he's a and he's an NBA assistant coach with zero experience in the women's game, and he's the highest paid, and he could be the highest paid coach in the WNBA. And again, that wasn't like rumored that that's happening. It was being finalized. I haven't said anything that's final, and it's been finalized. It was just saying finalized is Nathan Tibbetts to become the new Mercury head coach. So he could be the head coach right now. We just don't know for sure because they haven't released anything just yet. But we'll find out here, Cage. And again, if he is the highest paid coach, I don't think it'll last very long. I think Las Vegas was like, no, no, no. Becky Hammond's the best coach in our league. Becky Hammond's going to be the highest paid coach. Mark Davis will make sure he gets that all fixed up before she walks her way to the NBA, which she already should be in, might I add. But again, before I die on that hill one more time, we're now going to move on to, as I mentioned, with Julius Randle being in the new, one of the new sketcher, well, being the sketcher's poster boy. And now might have to move over and step behind the shadow of reigning MVP Joel Embiid. If he does sign with Skechers. Mm-hmm. But his New York Knicks sent a lawsuit the Toronto Raptors way. And MLSC, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. If you never knew what that acronym stood for, that's what it stands for. Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment or MLSC, Cajun's employer at Scotiabank Arena. Owner of the Leafs, the Raptors, the Toronto, TFC, Toronto Football Club. Argos as well, I believe. I think the one, only I think the only major team they don't own here in Toronto is the um, Raptors, and I think technically the Rock as well, but not sure people really call them a major team in here in Toronto. But anyway, the Raptors have fired back after the lawsuit, and MLSE called this suit baseless and a public relations stunt by the Knicks. So obviously, MLSE has some confidence that. This lawsuit will be dropped. And just for um, a refresher, it is based on the idea that the Raptors obtained um, 
sensitive confidential documents from a former employee of the New York Knicks who was trying to get a job with the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors have obviously denied any wrongdoing, and the Knicks have said that the Raptors have had um, e- uh, have illegally procured thousands of property or uh, of files that they were not supposed to have access to. So we'll see how that plays out in court, but um, obviously you, you know MLSE, regardless of if they did it or not, are going to say that it's baseless and that they, it, didn't, it never happened. But if this lawsuit does not go the way of the New York Knicks cage, and I'm not going to pick a side here in this our, our debate. I'll let the courts figure that out for me. But if this lawsuit doesn't go in favor of the New York Knicks, I think it continues to make James Dolan, owner of the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers, and I think he technically also owns Madison Square Garden as well, as his father did previously. Um, it'll continue to make James Dolan of the New York Knicks look like an absolute joke. Because he is a joke, but yeah, it's going to make it look I, worse. I was about to say, he isn't already? Uh, he he yeah. is with the, with kicking out Charles Bar, uh, Charles uh, Oakley at the Garden and some other things he's done in the past and all the other things he's been accused of, but it will continue to taint what he's done for the New York Knicks organization. Which is? Yeah, own it. They haven't moved. They haven't relocated. They've Fair contended enough. like semi semi well, have contended in his ownership. Aside from, aside from 99, which was just improbable in itself, 2000. I mean, that, that was Jeff Van Gundy, wasn't it? Their head coach was yep. Jeff Van Gundy, which is amazing. New uh, Boston Celtics executive. That one, year in, that one year in which they advanced past the first round in 2013. And then last season. Like, come on now. <laughs> James Dolan, great owner? Come on. Oh, never. No, like, I don't think any human being on earth ever said that, Cage. But still, it, it would continue to make him unless look like a unless, joke. Unless you're, unless you're a member of James Dolan's family. And I don't think James, any in James Dolan's family members even think that. Well, and God forbid they did, Cajun. I'm not sure they'd come on any show to say it. Oh, man. But... Where... This Masai said this best. There's a there's been one time a team has sued a team in the NBA. One time, go figure. So, based off of that, he probably has had enough of James Dolan. Oh, who hasn't? And and I think and hey, it, now this might this this probably might be a conspiracy theory. Um, but Dolan get, did get fleeced by me in that Bargnani trade. Oh God, not not the Bargnani trade. <laughs> Il mago primo pasta. Um, and then was so scared off by that. Refuse nixed the Kyle Lowry trade, which he was supposed to go to New York. I think Iman Shepard was supposed to come back to go to Toronto. Isn't that where dreams are made of, Cajun? New York? Allegedly. Uh, I can't even think who sang that song. But anyway, continue. And this was the 2013-14 season when it looked like the Raptors were going to tank. And then 
they went on that run, which embarked the We the North moniker, and eventually down the line led to an NBA championship, which kind of changed like the trajectory of everything of this franchise. Um, I think this man's taking it per- like now. This might be conspiracy theory, but based off of those two, he might be taking it personal. Like well, based th- off, th- of took a long th- enough, Cajun. Yeah, uh, based off of Dolan's history, wouldn't I put anything past him, Cage. Wouldn't put anything past him. I wouldn't put it like I wouldn't put anything past him, and I, based off of his history, I don't think there's any merit to this. You wouldn't hope, but if 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 this lawsuit does come to fruition and the Knicks win over the Raptors, then I think you really need to look at Masai Ujiri. And yes, he's done a good job, great job even. Yes, he's won a championship for the organization. Yes, he's been easily the best GM slash president of basketball ops the Raptors have ever, have ever had. But mm. at some point, somebody overstays their welcome. And Masai may be at that point if this does come true for the Raptors side of this. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is the kick that MLSC needs to to make a change at the top of the tree. Well, it doesn't help. It doesn't help that Edward Rogers is playing a role in that. Because I think, like, I believe, like. I believe when like Messiah had signed that extension, actually that would be a story. That's a story for another day. But like, but um, there's already like turmoil in MLSC because of like how, like the Raptors Raptors' lack of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, which is their own fault, by the way, but. Yeah, we can talk about that when the season starts in a couple weeks. But if this comes to fruition, like that lack of direction combined with this, you gotta wonder, like, fresh blood might be needed. Fresh blood may be needed. We'll see if it is instituted by the rappers that they go to the blood bank. But we'll see. Now, Kevin Porter Jr. as you mentioned with Jeremiah Robertson Earl. So Kevin Porter Jr., who was put on the trade block after his, I'm not sure it was an arrest, Cajun, but his warrant for sure. For, he was arrested, I think. He was arrested for domestic violence? Well, regardless, he was charged with it. I know that for sure. And <coughs> Kevin Porter Jr., who was put on the trade block by the Rockets, was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Jeremiah Robertson Earl and Victor Oladipo. Now you think, okay, why would they do that? It's for the two second-round picks in 2027 and 2028. 2027 pick is a Minnesota Timberwolves pick, and the 2028 second-round pick is a Milwaukee Bucks pick. So, you know, and, and second-round picks are definitely not seen as good commodities in the NBA, I and I agree with that, but, you know, the Thunder, as I texted you, occasionally when I saw this trade, even though I didn't know Robertson Earl and Oladipo were going the other way, you know, continuing to add draft capital, even though they look like a team that can t- could could contend, made the play-in last year. You know, they're still adding draft picks, waiting for that moment to buy and, and get a star or a co-star for Shea Gilders-Alexander. 
And you may think, okay, why did they trade these two guys? Well, I assume it's because Jeremiah Robertson Earl doesn't fit in the rotation because there's so many good young players in Oklahoma City right now that eventually you're going to have to find the right mix. Kind of like what's happening in Detroit, what's going to be happening in Houston one day, is you have so many good young players, it's now finding the right mix of those young players to play. Who plays in what spots, who comes off the bench, who starts, etc. So obviously yeah. Jeremiah Robertson Earl, who did start some games last year, it didn't fit into that plan. And then Victor Oladipo is just damaged goods at this point. He is so talented, but his knees have been absolutely trashed. He's had other injuries throughout the years with every team he's played for previously, um, including formerly of Oklahoma City before this most recent tenure, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if he'll even play this year, I think, was even the report with his knee injury. He might not even play this year for Houston. So he, again, is just damaged goods. This is basically just Jeremiah Robertson Earl for two second-round picks, which isn't that bad a value at the end of the day, as much as I do like Robertson Earl and think he can be a productive NBA player, most likely off the bench. But but still, I like Robertson Earl. I mean... And again, as, as we mentioned, Cage, I think it's the bigger story is the Oklahoma City Thunder are immediately waiving Kevin Porter Jr. I still haven't seen a report saying he's been waived and he's a free agent. But you'd still think, even though if you if you think about Kevin Porter Jr. on the Oklahoma City Thunder, you think, oh my God, that team's going to be disgusting. But then you think, but off the court, it's going to cause problems in Oklahoma City. So um, we'll see if Kevin Porter Jr. has a spot going into the mm. regular season. Um, I'm going to go with no. At this point, I don't think anyone takes a bite on Kevin Porter Jr. this year. Um, I could see him maybe going overseas for a season, kind of like what Trevor Bauer's doing, obviously for completely different reasons, but but still same kind of idea, just stay in game shape and then come back next year after kind of all the headlines have gone away and people have seen how talented he is and and stuff like that. Because again, Kevin Porter Jr. is an amazing basketball player. He just Mm. has, he is, Run the wire thin between off the court affecting on the court. And he had pro- he's had problems with the law before. He got traded out of Cleveland to, to Houston for basically this reason. And not just the domestic violence, but just off the court issues. And now he's been traded again. And most likely he's going to most likely going to become a free agent and get to pick where he plays. But we'll see if anyone's willing to pick him. Uh, I know one team that might. What are you thinking? The one team that still has this person person on the roster, which who has no business being on a roster, the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Miles Bridges, you know, they could have they could they could be the new they they could be the new Jail Blazers. <clears throat> yes, which if, you, if you didn't know, that was the early two thousands uh, Portland Trail Blazers when they had. Out of their 12-guy rotation, which they had 12 guys who had been All-Stars or or, or uh, All-NBA players in seasons before of all different ages and shapes. And they had like eight guys who had been charged by Portland police for a litany of different things. I think a battery was in there. There was some drug possessions, a lot of drug possessions across the board um, and et cetera. So, yeah, we, we called them a jailblazer. Well, I, I guess you and I didn't. I, I, you probably did. I, I wasn't alive, really, to uh, to be able to call them that. But the jailblazers were really a thing. And maybe the Hornets will be the new ones. But before we move on from Calvin Porter Jr., I want to mention this. 
So Gondrazig, the former WNBA player that was his girlfriend, I I assume ex-girlfriend from the report, um, she said that he never balled up his fist and hit me. And I quote, and, and she continued, and he definitely didn't punch me in the face numerous times. That is a lie. I don't have any injuries to support that. So what it sounds like, and again, the injuries are sustained a, lacer- a laceration to the right side of her face and complaining about neck pain in her neck and was transferred to hospital after the attack, the alleged attack, I should say. So I'm not going to say that Kevin Porter Jr. didn't hit her. But I think we're now getting into that point, Casey, of objectifying, it was it a punch? Was it a slap? Was it, you know, was it like a, a, a kind of like a flick where she, he kind of like pushed her away and caught her with a nail or something, made a laceration, which is more, basically just a cut, depending on how deep depends on the, 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 the word, use, word use, pardon me. But, you know, maybe this saves him, Cage. If Gondrasik says that he he didn't hit her really, like it was a, an altercation they had and he won, kind of thing, which mm-hmm. again he's still wrong for Cage and you and I both can say that without without you know kidding ourselves that that's wrong. Yeah. But maybe that saves him if Miss Gondrasik continues to not defend him but say that it's not the way they reported it, kind of thing. But. We shall see if Kevin Porter Jr. does find a team before the season begins in literally about about a week or so, about five days. I think this has been mishandled. Like, the the prosecution and cops, it sounds like this was a mishandling from the jump. Because I'm looking at this here. Um, Now... It wasn't only an inches long gash. She had a fra- it was when when this came out, it said that she had a fa- fractured vertebrae. Which I think she does. They just couldn't prove that Kevin Porter Jr. did it. No, I no, think no, that's no. been the problem. Well, no, see here's the thing. Like the assistant district attorney in like a during like a hearing on Mon- like in like the Manhattan Criminal Court was she actually could like the assistant district attorney actually conceded that the fractured vertebrae was because of a congenital defect and it and it wasn't actually caused by Kevin Porter Jr. and that's why the second degree of and she and KPJ was charged with second degree assault and that got dropped this week. Now he still faces charges of second degree strangulation and third degree assault, but. We'll see if they stick now. Yeah, because like when it first came out, that that's that was the big one, the fractured mm-hmm. vertebrae. And now that we found out, now that it came out that that wasn't actually caused caused by Kevin Porter Jr. and that was like a defect, that gives merit to maybe this case does get thrown out and KPJ walks out free. I don't know. I don't think a majority of teams would still want to deal with that situation. There are a couple of teams that that have had spotty histories. Uh, hello, Charlotte Hornets. Um, that might be that might take on a talent like him. Um, it remains to be. Now, we don't condone domestic domestic violence around here. I hope not. We don't. We don't. 
and he shouldn't like based off of what had happened, he shouldn't have the place. Until the, until the necessary requirements are made that he goes to, I'll say therapy. He gets he works on himself and ensures this will not happen again, kind of thing. Do I believe in second chances personally? That's fair. But neither again, Miles Bridges doesn't deserve one yet. Where here we are right now. Exactly, and he's gonna he's gonna get I think a third chance technically. Maybe. Like holy, like that that situation in Charlotte is a mess. In and of itself. It's definitely messy down there in Carolina. Of the North variety, I believe. Mm. But we will move on from Kevin Porter Jr. We're now going to do some quick fire here so we can get to Harden at the end. Because we are going to talk about James Harden. Oh, we're going to talk about James Harden. Uh, Jordan Poole dropped 41 points yesterday in 27 minutes at MSG over the New York Knicks. And a Washington Wizards big win. Over those Knickerbockers down in New York at the Garden. Um, mm-hmm. Some other performances I want to talk about, Cage, where we kind of dive into performances you liked. Um, Steph Curry and De'Aaron Fox dropped 30 and 25, respectively. Curry 30, Fox 25 in a 116 115 win for Golden State. Curry had the game winner. Of course, he did. Leonard Williams, Can- Canadian. Canadian for the Minnesota Timberwolves, had 22 and 15 rebounds off the bench, shooting 71% from the floor. Also to mention, Luka Garza had 30 in the game. They were playing against an overseas team, but still, Leonard Williams having 22 and shooting really efficiently and having 15 rebounds is pretty good to see for a guy that we talked about during the um, Rookie of the Year conversation, or rookies we like that were a little bit lower down to the the pecking order of rookie of the years and and draft picks. Yeah. Um. Hey, it may have been against an Israel team. I th- I, I want to say it is. Yeah. Um. But it's an encouraging performance nonetheless. Um. Garza had thirty. Holy. And the the Iowa State legend or I- Iowa legend probably he was a Hawkeye. And. I want to say, like, I want to say, like, in any other situation, getting drafted by the Timberwolves would be a bad thing, but they do have some good talent going on there in Minnesota with Ant. Um, they got some talent, Jaden McDaniels, um, Nas Reed, um, Mike. Con- um, they got some veteran presence, Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert. I know you hate this man. I know you were gonna uh, say it. I, I know you were getting there, Caden. But Carl Anthony Towns is a is a good talent, a good talent. If I said if I said great, that would oh great. If you said great, uh, I'd be coming to the ta- I'd be coming through my I'd be I'd be <laughs> I'd be coming through the bloody Skype call. Yeah, I mean he's a good talent, nonetheless. Uh, it's not like he's a scrub scrub, but I digress. Yeah, he's not uh, Kevin Knox, but he's not too far away. <laughs> anyway, continue. He might be Kevin Knox in the playoffs though. Like, mm, probably. probably. Um, but he's in a better situation than say if he got drafted by Minnesota in 2014. Then he was like, eh, "What are we doing?" But he's going to be one of those guys that like it might be a la shade and sharp. Like he'll show flashes, but I don't think it'll really show. Like it, it won't really show dividends until maybe his second or third season. 
Yeah, obviously, yeah, I'll say what you're which, but basically what you're saying is Leonard Williams is not a finished product. It's going to take time for him to hit his ceiling, but he will show what he's got. Leonard Miller. Leonard Miller, pardon me. Leonard Miller will show what he's got and that he's got some star potential and adding to this young core of Canadians cage that is making you and I just mouth water going into an Olympics in 2028. Yes, 2024, Canada's already qualified to go to Paris this year, this summer, which is going to be great. You and I are going to be covering the whole whole bloody thing. Yep. If we're, if, we're, if we're there because we're with, I'll say, CTV, or we're there because you and I are just covering the basketball here on the podcast, which you probably will yep. anyway, try to anyway, at least. But, yep. you know, you and I are going to have some fun with that because that's going to be amazing. It will be indeed. But that 2028 team cage is already looking gross with all the young Canadians coming into the league and some of the veterans and and just it. If you made a projected 2028 Olympic team with what these guys could be in four years, oh. by my goodness, my goodness. Shade's now, gonna be 29. Like holy shade, shade and sharp. Gonna be uh, gonna be a star you'd think. Leonard Miller, Zach Eady, you still got Murray, you still got Wiggins. Um, who, which, which guard am I missing, Cage? Which guard am I missing? Shea, Murray. What, sorry? Dylan Brooks? No, I'm, I, what's the other main guard? It's it's, Mur- it's Gilgis Alexander, it's Murray, and it's oh, Barrett. Barrett, of course, RJ Barrett, who also, again, will be there. He's still a kid, basically. They got put in the league at 19. So the yeah. Canadian team is good. It's only going to get better from here, Kate, but I think it's the best part. They have a bronze medal at the World Cup. They're going to the 2024 Olympics, and it can only get better from here. Think about that. Anyway, yeah. we'll continue. East, the Adam Silver has decided to come back out and start talking about basketball again. I don't know who decided that was a good idea, Cajun. Uh, I, I don't know who told him to say this, but... Apparently, they're considering changing the All-Star game again. What are they going to change it to, you may ask? I'm here for you. East and West. They may go back to the East versus the West in the All-Star game instead of doing the draft format. Now, I'll be honest, Gage. I personally prefer the East versus the West. But I will concede that I think ratings would be better for a draft. Because then you can watch the draft on TNT, and you get to hear the guys kind of chuckle about it, and the, the, you know, the two captains are drafting, and you got Barkley, and you've got Shaq, and obviously Ernie, and it's just, it's just jokes, and the game happens. But I also will be honest in saying I prefer East versus West. I also will not be watching it because I do not care enough to watch All Star games of any variety. They all suck. Pro Bowl sucks. Uh, MLB All-Star Games garbage, NBA All-Star Games garbage, NHL All-Star Games garbage. All of them are horrible. They're wastes of time. I would like to think the honor should stay because then you can be paid an incentive to make the All-Star Game, quote-unquote. But there's no point in actually hosting the game. Just give the guys the day off. Just give them the, the, the five, four or five games off, four or five days off. Mm-hmm. Because... It's not something that anyone actually wants to watch because it, there's no effort. Because what if, what happens if you get injured in the All Star game and done for the season? You tear your ACL in the All Star game. You know how dumb that would be? You know how angry your team would be if you're the one giving effort and you get hurt? Like, 
So there's just no point to it. Just get rid of it, honestly, Adam Silver. Just get rid of it. Just, just, you already got that in-season tournament thing. Just get rid of the All-Star game. Just get rid of it all together. Have the honor and say he's the this year's All-Star. So if you're, if you're injured, you're still an All-Star. There's no replacement garbage. There's no argument of who should be in, who should be out. You know, just who are the All-Stars? You know, this many guards, so many fours, so many centers, whatever. And call it a day. Call it a day. Yep. In my opinion, Cage, do you got anything to add? I don't. Works for me because I think you I think you and I can't say enough. The all-star game is booty and not the good kind. So now to the good kind of booty, Cajun. James Harden. Is it really? Do you think that was a good transition? I thought it was pretty is good. It, is it really good booty, though? I mean, when he was in Houston, he was big, wasn't he? Oh, my God. He looked like uh, he was a Michelin man out there. My God. Allegedly, he had a fat suit on, but. Yeah, okay. Nah, he just ate. He just ate an extra cheeseburger on the way to uh, on the way to work. Anyway, what, what from Shake Shack? Uh, from I don't even know where. I don't even know what's in Philly. I've never been to Philly. Thank goodness. Uh, so before we get to that, uh oh, we mentioned Jordan Poole dropping forty one. We did. Um, you know, in M- MSG, uh, he's been known for playing well in front of courtside uh, baddies. This made sense. Just made sense for him to drop 41 like that. Well, we'll see if the the attractive girls show up to Washington in in the in the uh, in the district district of of Columbia to see if he can continue playing that way there for the Washington Wizards, or if inconsistencies continue to follow him from Golden State. But as yeah. I mentioned, James Harden. So let's start where we were, we we're going to talk about on Monday, yeah. which is literally three days ago. I was a car fix away Cajun at that point. No, my car is now fixed. Thank goodness, by the way. So James Harden came out and said that the relationship with Daryl Morey is irreparable, is unfixable, but said he plans to plans to play basketball. That's for sure. That's basically a quote. I paraphrased the words. He said, and then he continued, when when you lose trust in someone, it's like a marriage. Dot dot dot. He continued the quote. You lose, you lose trust in someone. You know what I mean? It's pretty simple. And then he, um, yeah, he never pointed it. He never said Maury's name in this interview. He only said the front office, the front office, the front office. Anyway, um, it continued. Um, so that was the quote we were going to talk about on Monday. How he said the the relationship was irreparable, was was messed beyond reproach. But he was going to play basketball. Now I don't know if he's going to play basketball, Cajun, because James Harden has just no-showed practice yesterday. So let's talk about it, Cajun. So James Harden no-shows Wednesday's team's practice. The former MVP has not been present with the club since Sunday. It is now Thursday. Still no report of James Harden being in the Philadelphia training facility. He was As of today. As of right now at, at 11.35. He was allegedly at a club in Houston. He subsequently traveled from the the 76ers practice facility to Houston. Harden didn't attend any 76ers preseason contest and has taken part in just one team scrimmage over 14 days of training camp. So he's been in one practice in over two weeks. Not a good look. 
um, is expected to participate in Wednesday's practice, what was expected to participate in yesterday's practice. However, the time-time All-Star remains frustrated at the lack of progress towards a trade to the Los Angeles Clippers. And then it continues talking about how he wants to go to Los Angeles and how that trade would be able to work for both teams. And we're not even going to talk about Embiid in this, but Cage, my question to you is very simple. And I want to go first, but I want I do want your opinion first because I'm probably going to go on a tangent and scream for 15 minutes, and then I'm just going to want to end the show. So or you're going to get your thoughts out first. How badly has James Harden handled this situation? In your opinion? Well, I saw I saw I saw an article headline that's uh, that was like James Harden works the hardest at avoiding hard work. That kind of <laughs> that kind that kind of sums up how I feel about this because like yo like or like and it's just like it happened in Houston okay Houston you can kind of understand like he was with that franchise and tried to make it work for so long you understood Houston Brooklyn. He went about it the same way, demanded a trade, but there were a ton of problems in Brooklyn in the first place. But the way this unfolded in Philadelphia, that's all him. Like, now you out here talking about, like, this is a marriage, you're losing trust in him. I'm like, yo, like, what is this, the NBA or soap opera? Or, or, or soap opera? Like, come it's on. Get, it's getting to the point, Cajun, where it feels like we're keeping up with the Kardashians every week. And let's. And now I'm going to be completely this, honest with you, Cajun. I this, hate reality television. There's more reality television than keeping up with the Kardashians, and I never thought I'd be saying this. Like, At least Tristan Thompson's back in the league. Continue. <laughs> the great Tristan Thompson from Brampton, Brampton's finest. Maybe at the Olympics if he has a really good performance. Hey, they do need they do need some bigs. They do need some size. Yeah, uh, and he can rebound the basketball. Hey, unless he's not wearing a Cleveland shirt in the finals, then he can't rebound. But as long as he's not wearing a Cleveland shirt, you should be fine. <laughs> but um, this has just been mishandled by Harder from the get go, and fantasy wise, I'm looking brilliant for drafting Tyrese Maxey. Because, boy, oh, boy, is he going to go off. But um, it's just something that, like, and I think the bigger problem to all this is that no other team wants Harden but the Clippers. And the Clippers aren't competing with anybody. So they're far apart in trade talks because, like, why are we going to offer more? Or, like, the Clippers aren't going to be like, why are we offering more to Harden, to Harden when no other team, when we're not competing with anyone? Credit the Clippers. They're... They're still title contenders if they're healthy and they're remaining firm in their stance. So this is going to be something that's going to be drawn out. And I think based off like, of like, like it has on already, but continue. Even be, even if he does get fined, I think this is just one of those things where like Harden just wants out no matter what and will take the fines. And this it will get this will get worse before it gets better as if it hasn't already. Um, exactly. 
the only way this will this will really stop is if a trade happens, but I don't see that happening anytime soon unless the Sixers kind of get him for pennies on the dollar at this point. And at this point, like, I can see that happening. Well, Cage, I want to put this in perspective. So he started his first three years in Oklahoma City, where he never should have left. But they made a decision. They trade him away. They trade him to Houston. They make some cap space. He instantly becomes a starter, goes from averaging 17 points off the bench in basically 30 mi- 31 minutes to averaging 30, basically 36 points a game in 38 minutes a night, starting every single game, 30, 78 games total for the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up winning an MVP. Argued he should have won a couple more with Houston. He played, if I'm trying to count this right, Cage, he played seven years with Houston from age 23 to age 30. James Harden played for the Houston Rockets. He played one more year technically, but he only played eight games, so I'm not including that. Mm-hmm. Um, had some 30-plus point years, including three in a row his last three years in Houston, averaging a high, a, a career-high 636 in 2018-19. But since that run with the Houston Rockets, which ended up being set nine total seasons, 621 games for the Houston Rockets, he has now played for two di- or three different organizations, including the Rockets. He went from the Rockets to the Nets, the Nets to Philly, and now he's looking for another organization to pick him up. How do you go from playing that many years in one location in Houston to basically now being from Houston to Brooklyn, playing immediately getting traded from Brooklyn to Philly, and now playing one year in Philly, and he's already looking for another trade. He may not play this year for Philly, which will mean he's played in, if I'm not mistaken, since 2020-2021, he will have played in four different locations. And that's three years, basically, for age 31 to age going into 30, age 34 season for James Harden. So I... I don't I don't know what James is doing. And again, I, I just don't get it. You know, Kevin Durant spent so long with Oklahoma City, all of a sudden he's switching teams every three years. James Harden spent so much time in Houston, now he's switching teams every three years. And maybe it's ring chasing. Maybe that's the logic behind it. But demanding trades and, and doing this the wrong way. If you want to chase a ring, that's fine. That's your prerogative. That's your right. You have a free agency. You, you have those reasons. Sign one or two-year deals. Do not sign a four-year deal and then just expect to be able to demand a trade and leave. That's ridiculous. That's not how work. That's not how the world works. That's not how work works. Because as much as I love the sport and love sport as a concept, I also know this is a job. So do your job because most people, Cajun, you know, most people, when they don't show up to work, don't get paid. Not only do they not get fired, do they get, you know, fired. You know, they don't get paid. Yep. He's going to get paid regardless of if he shows up because his money's guaranteed. His contract is fully insured and guaranteed. He's going to get paid regardless of if he plays or not. He'll be fined a percentage, but it will be a fraction of what he will make this season of his, what, $35 million player option? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, no, I am getting beyond frustrated with NBA players with the demanding of trades and the the seemingly just no care about the business and the contract you signed 
And because I'm a star, I should be able to go wherever I want, whenever I want, regardless of where I'm signed to, what's going on, like what's going on with the organization. Does not matter. You trade me when I say I want to be traded. It's an entitlement. It's just, it's a whole thing for me, and I hate it. And it's it's going to continue to fester until the NBA does something about this and fixes this. And I'm not sure they can, Cage. At this point, I'm not sure they can put this ketchup back in the bottle. Not sure this toothpaste can go back in the tube. But I'm hoping they can fix it because this is getting ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous how players are just all of a sudden, I don't want to play for this team anymore. I'm going to get traded. What? Like, what? Like, okay. I, I do that, I guess. I don't know what, what the hell's going on here. Like, Kyrie's done it a couple times. Um, Harden's done it now a couple times. Kevin, Kevin Durant's done it a couple times. You know? Um, it's just, for me, it's... It's compounding, Cage. It's really getting really getting under my skin, and I'm not really blaming James for this because he's not he's not the first one. He won't be the last one, but you know, it, it's getting to that point where I'm just shaking my head, like, what's the point anymore? What's the point of even the contract if the guys can go wherever they want, whenever they want, regardless of consequence, and not like it matters because they're all getting paid between thirty and sixty million dollars a season to play basketball in the NBA. Like, what's the incentive to stop them? What what's the you know, how do we stop the stars from, you know, doing this kind of stuff? The answer is we can't. So expect more of stuff like this is, I guess, what I'm saying. I hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. But expect more of this. Expect more of players like James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, etc. You know, Anthony Davis when he left, you know, New Orleans. Forced his way out. Different, different circumstance. But same thing, forced his way out. And I'm not, and again, I'm not blaming Anthony Davis. What he did was right. He spent time in New Orleans, tried to make it work, couldn't make it work. He left. That's fine. But doing it two more times after the Los Angeles Lakers in like a three or four year span, now that's getting ridiculous. You do it once, okay. You do it a second time, eh, maybe you're the problem. You do it a third time, Cage, I think we all can look at you and say, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. If you're in a, if, you know, if he, if he's going to say a marriage cage, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a shit and share. If you're in a relationship and you know, say we're friends, cage, you're in a, you're in a relationship. You go through three girlfriends in six months and you're talking to you how bad they are. You don't think I'm going to look at you cage and say, maybe you're the problem. Maybe it's you. If it's three girls in six months, cage, you've gone through three girls in six months. Maybe you're the problem. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe you got to look internal and figure out why am I making a problem? Why am I causing all these things to go to go wrong? Instead yeah. of pointing the finger at everybody else and saying, "Hey, it's that guy's fault. It's the guy that I'm blaming up in the front office that brought me here that I've been, you know, I've known for 13 years in the NBA. It's his fault. Can't be mine. You know, I'm getting paid 35 million dollars. Can't be my fault." But I think that's where I'll end it there, Cage, for my rant on James Harden and the situations going on. I just it's it's boiling me and it's getting under my skin and it's going to continue to get on my skin because I know it's going to get worse. It's only going to get worse from here because they're not going to fix it. The NBA can't fix it, won't fix it, whatever you whatever however you want to say it, and it's going to get worse because players that don't have that kind of tenure are going to start doing this. You're going to have players on rookie deals doing this, like like people thought Zion was going to do in New Orleans. Thankfully, he hasn't. Thank well, thankfully, he's been injured to do it. He's been injured. He's barely played. So he wouldn't even want him because of his injuries. But regardless, you know, it's going to get to that point where players are going to come into the league and not play for those teams and just say, I'm not, I'm not playing for them. I want to play for this team. 
mm-hmm. and they're not gonna they're not gonna play. So, um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the NBA can fix this and and make this a more you know if you sign the contract, you're gonna show up to work. I don't care. You don't. You're not happy. You're gonna show up to work. Um, but I I don't know really yeah. where the NBA goes from here, which is again even the scarier thing for me. I don't know where they go. Because if they try to fix this and put their foot down, players got a lot of power, man. Like players have a lot of power now. Too much power, in my opinion. Too much power. And I and I'm for the athletes. I am not a owner sympathizer. I am not. In any CBA, I want the players to get everything they want and more because they've earned it. But in this scenario, there's no other profession on earth you could do this and expect success. No other profession on earth. Even in other major sports, you couldn't do this. Hockey players don't do this. Football players do to an extent, but normally they hold up for better contracts because if you didn't know, which I will tell you right now, football players don't have fully guaranteed contracts. In the most contacts where we have in North America, they're, they don't fully fully guarantee contracts. What does that mean, Spencer? Quick explanation. So in the NBA, if you sign a contract for $35 million like James Harden, that money is guaranteed. Regardless of if you get injured, if you get cut, if you get traded, you are paid every dollar of that contract. In the NFL, you sign a number value and then a guaranteed value. So what does that mean? So if you get hurt or cut, you don't get paid the total, you get paid the guaranteed. So if you sign a $40 million contract and get $10 million guaranteed, you're only going to get paid $10 million because they will cut you before they pay you the rest of that money. That's why guarantees are so important in the NFL because these guys are throwing themselves at the ground and getting in, as George Kittle said, three and four car crashes every Sunday or Monday or Thursday if it's a short week, which is just torture I would expect. Mm. So they damn want their guaranteed money. And Cajun, I'm damn with them. Give them the guaranteed money. I wouldn't yeah. play either if I was going to throw myself at the ground a hundred times and not get paid money and be cut in three years because I have no more guarantees left and they can cut me at no uh, at, at no cost to themselves financially or cap space-wise. Mm. But this, that's the difference. That's the difference. Is These contracts are fully guaranteed. These guys are getting paid regardless. And they're still being prima donnas. They're still trying to force their way out of every location when stuff, when the going gets tough. And again, this, and I'm going to end it here for sure because I'm getting more heated as I continue to talk because I, I, I do that sometimes. Um, the resistance, the passion, the, the resilience of human beings I found is going down, and I hate it. I hate that people fold when the going gets tough. Mm-hmm. I hate that people don't have any resiliency anymore, don't have the willingness to just continue to push, even though it may not be working at first. I wish James Harden would stick it out in Philly for one more year, finish out his contract, say, I'm not happy here, I want to be traded, but I'm going to do this professionally, I'm going to do this the right way, I'm going to play out my contract, or I'm going to be traded to where I want to go. Like what it seemed like Damian Lillard was going to do in Portland before he was traded. Because that was the right way to do it. 
James Harden's doing it the wrong way. Kyrie Irving did it the wrong way. Kevin Durant did it the wrong way. In my opinion. Kevin Durant? I believe I believe KD did it, didn't he? Forced his way out of Brooklyn. No, he got injured. He got traded when he was injured. But didn't he like come did he come right back with Phoenix though? Wasn't that one of those phony injuries? Or am I conflating that? No. Well, no. regardless. Kevin Durant started all this going to Golden State. So, you know what? I blame Kevin Durant, too. Kevin Durant does still get some blame here, okay? Yeah. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm picking the wrong situation, Cage, but he's still getting some damn blame here for going to Golden State and starting his whole snafu of chasing rings and making it basically guaranteeing yourself a ring. But anyway. <sighs> anyway. So, I hope that some young athletes come into this sport and add back the resiliency. And I'm not saying stick with a franchise for 20 years like John Stockton did, like Carl Malone did, like other players have. Dominique Wilkins, and they played for other teams, uh, Malone and, and Wilkins, but still, they stuck it out a long time with their original franchises. Mm. I don't expect them to play 20 years with the team cage, but I expect you when you demand a trade from your location, go somewhere else, you don't immediately demand a trade again in two years. Because then that just makes you look like an idiot. Like, okay, maybe you are the problem. Maybe, maybe it's you. You know, if you can't mm. work in this organization and that organization, Maybe it's you. Like Kyrie Irving, maybe it's you. I'm not saying it's you. It could be your wrong guy, wrong place, wrong time. It's possible. But maybe it's you. Just vote on the possibility, Cage. Maybe it's you. Well, I know you're peeved right now. But I do want to end this on a positive note or a funny note. I'll take that. Well, I end it on a positive. Um, or funny note. What in the world was Stephen A. Smith wearing? Oh, last night. So if, if you didn't know, I'll explain this. This will be be dropped James Harden in that shenanigans he Shalen would say, my roommate. Um, the New York Liberty and Las Vegas Aces game last night in Bro- in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. J- uh, obviously Stephen A. working in New York for ES- ESPN on first take. He came in and Cage. I don't remember what his jacket color was, but I know he was wearing a black hat that was backwards that was covered that was right down to his eyebrows so you couldn't see his hairline i guess that was the intent um and yeah it was a look cage it was a look he looked like a frat boy to me what did he look like to you um according to first take today an undercover cop from 21 jump street you know i'll take that honestly you know he is he's not channing tatum though he's def he's definitely jonah hill he's definitely jonah hill <laughs> He's closer to the physique of Channing Tatum, though, than Jonah Hill. No, he ain't. Closer, closer. Yeah. That's closer. the thing. The Titanic was close to getting to its destination. <laughs> Cath Gage, it wasn't, if it wasn't, you know, a couple kilometers down in the ocean, we probably would have got to its location, destination, Gage. Hey, man, I'm, try- I'm, trying to give them, I'm trying to give them some credit here. You don't need to throw Stephen A. a life raft, okay? He's getting paid, like, $100 million from ESPN. We, we don't need to throw him a life raft, okay? We can leave him out there over the buoy, okay? He can, he can, he can, you know, find his way back to shore. You know, you, you, can, you can say it like it is. He looked like, a, he looked like a biker that got kicked out of the biker bar. Fair enough. With that leather jacket, he looked like, he looked like a high school alumni back at a basketball game like I'm going to be tonight. That's what he looked like, Cage. He looked like an alumni watching a game. 
wearing like the puffy jacket with like says champion on it or whatever with the school name and, and the backwards hat on because he thinks he's cool, you know. He was just like 30 years too late for that. About 30. Any other comparisons you want to make, Cage? You want to end her off? No, we'll end it there. We will end it there. So, four polar opposites. Cage in theory with Danny Castle. I'm Spencer Byers. Thank you so much for taking us in here today. We'll be back on Monday for your regularly scheduled programming. All polar opposites here on the Outrage Inc.